All rise for the Honorable J.P. Brown. Welcome to Fathers and Family Court. I am your host, J.P. Brown. I'd like to take this time to welcome back all of our return listeners, as well as give a first-time welcome to any first-time listeners out there. Now, if you are a first-time listener to this podcast, this is a Father's Rights podcast where we talk about father's rights, parental alienation, as well as the effects of the $50 billion a year business we call Family Court. Now, in season two and season three of Fathers and Family Court, we've been talking to fathers all across America. We've spoken with a few fathers from out of country as well. And what we've come to realize is that regardless of race, color, creed, religion, type of music we listen to, uh, political preference, uh, what we like to eat or what sports team we like, all of us fathers seem to be treated pretty equally in court. All right. We're being treated the same as all of us as, as the next father, two, three, four states away and on the other side of the country. We're all being treated terribly in the family court, uh, in the family court system. Um, and it's about time we start talking about this to fix some things around here. Shit's outdated. So, what we've been doing is we've been sharing our stories uh, to let fathers hear other fathers' stories. There might be a dad out there who's hurting and doesn't get to see his kids. So the point of this podcast is for him to hear other dads out there who went through this. And since the state is going to rob them blind and not give them anyone to talk to, this is a platform for them, the fathers, to speak and to hear other fathers speaking about this. Believe it or not, uh, fatherlessness is all around us um, and there's... Folks, tons of folks suffering from fatherlessness. Uh, how can we fix that? Well, a good start to fixing that would probably be let's let's make sure they stop turning this into a business because that's what it's turned into a fifty billion dollar a year business. So uh, we are going to interview another father today. Uh, we'll be speaking to Mike. Mike has a case out of West Virginia. I'm excited to hear his story. Uh, as always. Um, if you heard, listen to this all the way through and you decide that you know somebody um, who needs to hear this, um, what you should do is the right thing. Copy this link, whichever platform you may be listening to it on. Copy this link and get it to the dad, whatever dad it may be. Or if you know a mom out there and she's stealing a kid and you just don't know exactly how you're going to tell her, send her this link and I'll tell her right here. Stop fucking holding that kid and give it over to the dad um, and being a responsible adult about it. You know what I mean? You guys both had children. You can't just steal a kid. And hey, man, you might not feel comfortable saying that to your friend who's holding a kid from a dad who wants to be uh, in that child's life. But I'm perfectly fine with it. Ma'am, let this fucking dad father, please. You are causing uh, this thing to continue to go on and on and on. So, uh... But, you know, it doesn't have to always be. So uh, me saying it won't help. W really, what will help is hearing dads hurting on this podcast. That might do it for, for a mom out there holding a, a child. Um, but as always, uh, try to listen to Mike's story um, with an open heart, open ears, open mind. Uh, and find what in here he says that can help you. Um, if you Again, uh, don't hesitate to get in the game all you have to do to get in the game is copy the link share it with a mom out there who's holding a kid or share it with a dad out there who doesn't get to see his child to be honest this isn't just the dad and the mom issue this is an everyone issue because this is affecting our society all of our communities it's it's powerful so let's get into it 
This is our interview with Mike. Enjoy. So on today's episode of Fathers and Family Court, we'll be speaking with Mike. Mike is 36 years old, um, and he has a case out of West Virginia. Now, Mike is originally from Rhode Island. I'm excited to speak with Mike. I've never spoke with someone who's actually from Rhode Island, so that's really cool to me. Um, he, Mike has a daughter who's 11, a son who's 9, a daughter who's 7, another son who's 3, a daughter who's 1, and a bonus son who's 14 years old. Uh, I am excited to hear Mike's story. Uh, we did chop it up here for about five, ten minutes prior. Nah, maybe not even that much. Just, just a little bit as we usually do, but we didn't get into his case much. Uh, I'm excited to hear what he has to say. Without any further ado, how you doing tonight, Mike? I'm doing well, thank you. A lot better today than most days. Yeah, well, that's really good to hear. Uh, it's good to hear. Anytime that uh, a dad is fighting for his kid or he doesn't get to see his children and um, he can have a day that he considers a good one, I know that those are few and far between sometimes. But um, the goal is to have as many good ones as possible. So, man, I'm hearing you're happy to hear you're having a good one. Uh, so right. how, before we get into this, I'd like to ask, did you have a father at home growing up? Um, actually, I was adopted. Okay. Oh man, that's, well, that's that's pretty powerful because that's pretty powerful to hear because it it gives us insight to see like okay well you know if you didn't necessarily know who if you weren't around your parents as you know your biological parents that would just show us how much more you would probably want to have your make sure your children knew exactly who you were and um, anytime I talk to a guest. On the show, who was adopted? I just, I, I, it gives, it lets me see. You know what I mean? As for all the fathers, all right. that question just allows me to really, you know, start gives me insight to the beginning of the movie. Um, so what, 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 where did it go from there? Where, where did it go from there? What from being adopted? Uh, well, it's, it's just as far as so you were adopted. Um, and then, and then, uh, so how? Yeah, could you give us just you can give us a little background if you like? That'd be fine. No, no problem. I'm actually not ashamed. Um, I am a survivor of child molestation, uh-huh. and I am a survivor of uh, a parent who is a massive drug addict and a massive alcoholic, and um, I, I was removed by the state when I was seven years old because the father was molested, uh-huh. and um, it was about seven different foster homes who couldn't handle me because I had Severe, uh, I had severe anger issues, uh, mainly stemmed towards women, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of that had to do with uh, the molestation. Uh, I was molested by my mother, so a lot of my animosity and hatred towards women came from that. But um, my my adopted parents—they're they're great people. Fantastic people. My dad, who's been a mechanic for over 50 years. My mother was a travel agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I call my adopted parents mom and dad. So if you hear me say mom and dad, I'm talking about my adopted parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they, you know, they stepped up, actually. They they wanted to adopt my biological mother while she was pregnant with me. But that didn't happen. So eventually, the state took me away. And uh, when I was... In a group home about seven years old, they stumbled upon me and decided to bring me into their home, mm-hmm. and I just never left. Mm-hmm. And they adopted me. 
Man, you know I mean? that is that's crazy to come from just straight trauma like that, and then it's not even like you fall into a safety net. You fall into a bunch of strange places. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So oh, man, yeah. that's I could I could see how anger could result from that. You know, could just you know could be just a way to express yourself. You're confused. Right. Just, yeah, man. That's. It wasn't just anger. Um, I developed serious anxiety, severe anxiety. Um, I developed PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I developed uh, manic depression, um, and there was a bunch of other things too. I can't remember. Oh, and bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. So those are all those are all things I still struggle with to this day. And 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 you know. I'm sure as later on in life, as we get into it here, I'm pretty sure somebody stealing your kid later on in life and making you fight to see them, uh, I'm sure it didn't really help much. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, To get into that story, actually, uh, my ex, my daughter's mother, uh, I met her, believe it or not, I was still living in Rhode Island, and... I don't know if you remember those uh, late night telephone chat lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I actually met my ex on that. Oh, man, that's interesting, because back in the day, that kind of stuff would be considered taboo, but nowadays, everybody jumps on their phone and meets somebody from across the country or shit in another country even sometimes. That's crazy. Right, exactly. So, um, so we, we talked for like a uh, month, maybe two months, and, you know, we made plans for me to come down and visit. And I did. And I just happened to never leave. And then, uh, you know, so we were together for like two years. And then she became pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't knock my ex as a mother. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know, so I can't knock her. Right. Um, but uh, once we had our child, she became very distant. Uh, she became very um, secluded. She wouldn't leave the bedroom. Never mind the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got I got tired of it. Uh, I ended up cheating on her, which I regret. Mm-hmm. I ended up I ended up cheating on her, um, and I thought we were working through it. And then my parents came to visit from Rhode Island, which is about a twelve-hour drive. Um, so they came to visit. They met my daughter for the first time. And once they left, about six hours later, so mind you, my parents were about halfway home. Mm-hmm. She told me, you should call your parents to come get you. You need to leave. Uh, so I called my parents. They were six hours away, so they couldn't come get me. So they packed up my stuff and threw me out. Um, so I didn't have anywhere to go. I called a friend to come get me. He allowed me to stay in his apartment about maybe an hour away from where my daughter lived. Mm-hmm. And about two weeks goes by, my ex comes to see me, and she says, if you come back, I'll let you be a part of your daughter's life. And I told her, I said, well, we don't need to be together to raise a child together. Mm-hmm. You know, and after that was the last time I had seen my daughter. She was only six months old, and I had been I had been kept away for the last eleven years. Okay, so this is regarding your daughter, who's eleven. Yes, and it's important that we note this out because 
what year was all this taking place? Uh, 2000 what? 2010. Okay, so it's important that we note that this was taking place uh, because we noted um, that you have a son who's nine, a daughter who's seven, a son who's three, a daughter who's one, and another bonus son who's 14. You damn are still moved like you live every day and you have to remain happy with your other children. You have to remain at a good high. You have to remain coaching high level ball every day. You can't afford to show up and coach, not coach good ball because you're down. And that's what's crazy about it. Like, it's like you're being asked to just live without being able to fully live. It's a part of your heart is missing. So yeah. Um, being alienated from a child is kind of like mourning the death of a child who is dead. Yep, you're mourning, you're mourning, yeah, that's exactly what's happened. You're mourning the death of a child who's alive. They're alive. They've been kidnapped. There's no other way to, when you take somebody's stuff without asking, there's no consent, you're taking it. I mean, you are there. I don't care where, who, Matt, where, what, when, what. The thing about it is, it takes two people to create child. No one party. Like you are involved. No you, no daughter. That's all there is to it. You know what I mean? And, and that's what's, that's the craziest part, man. Unless you did something like, and, and, and I'm glad that you said that you cheated because, you know, a lot of times I tell folks I had this podcast and folks get like, oh, well, dads come on there and they're probably not accountable and all this other stuff. No, man, when dads do do something wrong, they come on here and they just openly talk about it and say it. And I, I think it goes to show. But like if you cheated, all right, that doesn't mean you being a bad husband or a bad boyfriend does not mean you cannot be a father to your child. It just doesn't. You know what I mean? Because no human being out there at all will ever know all the facts to why or what or what this. We don't know none of that. You could have right. been feeling like you were getting cheated on or whatever. We don't we don't know what the fuck was going through your brain. But we do know that you said you regretted it. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it wasn't just the cheating. It wasn't just the cheating. Um, uh, I don't know if you noted, I had anger issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was, I was extremely angry, and a lot of my anger was based towards women. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't very nice to her. I never hit her. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could say I was emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it, 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 it takes a lot for me to admit that because that's really what it is. I was emotionally abusive. Well, and, you know, it's powerful that you even say it because, again, it, it goes to show that, and it, you know, and it, and it just goes to show, man, that you're standing on something, you know, and you're, you're saying it's hard to admit it, you know what I mean, you're saying it's hard, you know, you're saying it, we're talking about it, but, like, even still, man, I'm sorry, 11 years, that's not well, good, that's... 11 years. For those 11 years, I tried so hard I know you to did. reach out. I know. I, tried, I, I was actually very good friends for those 11 years with my ex's brother. I had him living with me at one point. Mm-hmm. And um, so he would give me updates and stuff like that, but I would always try to reach out well, uh, and contact her. But every contact would be met with being blocked. Well, let's 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 take it back a little bit because we got to get into it. So, all right. Sure. So your daughter, um, so 
we just had to have that little breakage. I did, I, I want to stay. I want to. I want to make sure we stay on course here. Well, I was saying, eleven years. No matter what the hell you did, eleven years of stealing your kid, not letting you see her, not letting you know what she looks like, missing her walking, missing her talking, missing her having problems, missing everything. All like, that's not enough. That's not good enough. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I again, like you didn't threaten to harm anybody. You didn't. You didn't. You. You know what I mean? Like again, and I want to say this to you, and I want this to be here said on to you on this podcast here. I'm glad we're getting our chance to have this conversation on wax here. Listen, my child's mother talked about raping my kids, man. Now, a lot of times people listen, a lot of times people hear me say that and it's, it's like, damn, you know, but when I say it to you, it's like, okay, so you can understand this shit can really get serious, man. People out here, it's people out here. You know what I mean? If you're saying it, it's something's up to begin with. You know what I mean? You don't say that kind of shit about your kids. So it's like, okay, so I'm saying all that to say, like, you're not that kind of human being. In fact, you're the total opposite. And I feel like if somebody were to add harm to hurt your kids, like, you're going to be, it's going to, it's going to, you're going to be highly upset. And not only that, but like, you can't even protect your daughter from those things or shield them from those things because this person just stole them. So that's why I said 11 years. Like, that's it. That's just ridiculous. But all right, but let's get back into it. So you say, how old was she the last time you saw her? She was six months old. Dog. Six months. So for the first six months, you got to see her, hold her, look at her giggle. You know what I mean? Smell that newborn baby smell. Give her a bottle here and there. You know what I mean? I would change dirty diapers. I would, you know, I would beat her bottles and stuff like that, too. Uh, her mother did a lot of it, too, but I would, I would be the one to really change the dirty diapers. Actually, I remember uh, I showed her how to change her uh, uh, crappy diapers. Um, no, I had done it before. It, it just goes from you showing her how to change a dirty diaper to this person saying, no, you know what? In fact, now that I got it, I think I don't even need you anymore. So peace, Mike. But like, right. that's, it doesn't work like that, man. Like you, you got a daughter, you got a responsibility and I got, a, I got, I got Billy Madison playing in my head right now. You know what I mean? You got a responsibility. Like you can't just. Unless he's threatening to harm her or has already harmed her or something, done something, you can't just take this six-month-old baby and say, fuck you, Mike, I'm out of here. It doesn't work right. like that. This person is his too. He is a human yeah. being, man. This person, you, 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 I can't even imagine how many sleepless nights have been caused to, you know what I mean, just because of this. So, oh, let's, yeah. so she's six months old. This lady says, you're not a human being and you don't matter and your contri- contribution was disregarded completely and so uh, apparently uh your sperm didn't count and so she took off with your beautiful daughter so could you talk to me about how you handled it at first and how you got through it a little bit for a dad out there who may be experiencing this for the first time well for the first five years i didn't handle it very well could you elaborate um, a little uh i had i had multiple suicide attempts i tried mm. my daughter was better off if i wasn't there uh, and everything, um, you know, I, I thought I wasn't good enough, but every, everything, every time I tried, I failed. And obviously I failed because I'm, I'm meant to be here now. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and that's powerful because 21 dads a week commit suicide over child access issues. And the problem is, is that we just keep letting it go down and they're collecting cash. They'd rather collect cash and see us duke it out in front of them so they could get a couple bucks instead of actually letting us fucking, you know what I mean? Like lay off the cash and why don't you just let us breathe for a second here and be fathers to our children like you keep claiming that's you want it, what you want to do. So, okay. So. And, and, and I'm, and you know what? God makes absolutely no mistakes. We've covered this topic on this podcast before, and I'm super glad that, you know what I mean? You had work to do, and God doesn't make any mistakes. And had He wanted you to come through, you would have came through. But whatever you did, you missed for a good reason. It was not an accident. That was purposeful. That was purposeful. Like you, like, Hey man, that's the God honest truth, man. That is the truth, man. That is the truth. So, so how'd you get out of that? Like, so what, so what were you doing during that time during those, you know, in between time, were you working? Were you like, what were you working out? Were you just like, what were you doing to get past the days and get through those rough ass days where you didn't know if you were even going to let yourself get to the next day? What were you doing in those times? Like what I get. That's what I, that's what I actually started smoking, uh, marijuana just to get myself out of that mindset. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so I started resorting to that and then, you know, one thing led to another and I tried other things. I didn't like it, so I kept smoking marijuana. Yep. Um, you know, and then I started drinking and I became, I went on a serious, uh, downward spiral. Um. I started heavily drinking, and, you know, for the, so for the first two years, I started, I was smoking marijuana, I was heavily drinking, and then after that is when I met my wife, mm-hmm. my current wife, um, and uh, I met her son, and everything like that, and we started dating, mind you, I had a couple little flings during the time before then, but it never amounted to anything. Right. Um, you know, so I was, I had trouble keeping a relationship because I didn't trust anyone. Right. Um, so, during that time, I met my wife, and, you know, we started dating, and we eventually moved in together, and then my son, my son, my nine-year-old son was born. Uh-huh. And then the month after my son was born, we actually got married. And that would have been, or two months after, sorry, it would be September 2012 is when I got married. Um, I, I was on a whim, you know, my wife and I, mm. we, we, we hit it off and, you know, it was just going really good. And so I, uh, so we got married. Well, a couple years into the, our marriage, you know, we started hitting problems and a lot of my anger started showing. Yep. And eventually, actually, my wife is the reason why I got over my anger. Uh, she kind of gave me an ultimatum, which is somewhat what we need sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gave me an ultimatum. She said, you either get help or we're gone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my wife to at all. Mm-hmm. So I buckled down and I actually checked myself into a psychiatric unit mm-hmm. to get help. And that's when I was diagnosed with severe anxiety. Uh, I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. And so all this 
stuff. I had assumptions that I had, but I never knew. Mm-hmm. And so they put me on some sort of medication. And I'm a tractor trailer driver now. Mm-hmm. And so anything that's mind altering or mood altering, I can't take. Right. So I had to struggle with that. But, you know, eventually um, I got myself into therapy. And as corny as it sounds, therapy has done wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being able to talk about, like, the feelings that you have inside, the hatred that you have inside for the other parent, uh, just talking about it really does help. Mm-hmm. It helps get that out and off your chest, because if you keep it in, it's going to boil, it's going to compound, and you're going to explode. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, so my wife actually brought that out, and... and Amy guilt man and help produce her. And my, my, I didn't want to lose her. And actually, this year will be, well, next year, next September, will be 10 years. Mm. So, yes. So, okay, man. So, no, and I think that's that. I think that goes to show, you know, uh, you you found yourself a good woman, and she didn't quit on you. She didn't. Uh, no. She did. She wasn't worried. She she was she was down to take you, um, with your battle scars, and she was down to, uh, work with you how you were, man. And instead of giving up or quitting on you or finding an excuse to, uh, take your kid and fucking run off on you, she said, "Hey, I'm gonna stick it out." And this is what's beautiful to me. Uh, and I don't know if our listeners are catching this part of the story or not, but, um, uh, Mike alluded at the beginning, he said at the beginning of the podcast, he says, he says, you know, uh, he was hurt by his mother. Okay. So he went on to have trust issues with women and then he trusts this, he trusts this, uh, he trusts his first child's mother, uh, to the degree to have children with her, uh, or a child with her. And it takes a certain amount of trust to bring a life into the world. Now, if he met her in the late 2000s, uh, if he met her in the early 2000s, they didn't have a child till 10. That tells me he had 10 years of building and talking and all this before the life was brought into the world. We were only together for about two years. Okay, okay. But even if it is two years, right? Even if it yeah. is two years, that's still two years that you converse with her, that you, that you were, you know... You know, it, there was a certain level amount of trust there. You had opened up and allowed yourself to, but you still said you made mistakes and stuff like that. But here you are, Absolutely. and you find yourself. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was only saying, I was saying all that to say, like now you trust you. You found your wife, and you finally found a woman that you trust, and like she's, I'm sure she's helped with that trust, the trust issues Absolutely. that have been there. So it's powerful and dads out there, man, if, if you're feeling like that, you know, or a situation similar, um, it goes to show like you got to keep on, you can't, you know, you're going to miss a hundred percent. Uh, uh, oh, I, I guess I shouldn't use a baseball analogy cause I don't know anything about baseball, but I'll tell you, you're going to miss a whole bunch of shots that you don't take. If you can't, you can't, you can't make five. If you don't shoot at least a couple of times, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep trying. So I'm glad that you we'll, remained. We'll use a basketball analogy for that one. You can't make a three pointer unless you shoot your shot. 
That's what I'm saying. You gotta jack that shot. You can't just, you know, you can't, you can't, and then you gotta, and another thing is, you gotta be on the team, number one. You could have quit, and you also gotta be on the floor, and you got yourself in the game. You didn't, you, you know, you not only did you, were you still alive, but you were still out here trying and talking to people, so you were in the game. So that's what's beautiful about all of that, and dad's out there. I hope you can take from that. Um, so while all this is going on, um, what, let's talk about a little bit what's going on with your daughter. What, what's, so what, where, so how, so what's been, what was the movement like going on as your, your kind, your, you're having new, you're having your son, um, your daughter is born. What, what, how, what's, what's, uh, what's, 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 what's the news? Were you able to get in contact? What was the movement with her? Well, for, uh, for a while, I, for the last 11 years, um, I reached out a lot. And then every year on my daughter's birthday in January, I would make a birthday post, wishing my daughter a happy birthday and stuff like that, saying I love you and everything I miss you. Um, and I was really, really good friends with my, my daughter's uncle. Uh-huh. Um, I actually had him living with me at one point, and he would send me pictures and stuff like that, but would never let, would never tell me where she was. My daughter's father, shortly after we split, up and moved, and I didn't know where. They stayed in the same county, but the county is huge. Right. So, you know, it's, it's hard to search every door in that county. Right. No, I but, understand. You know, so um, it, went, uh, it went on until February of this year, and my, my daughter's uncle actually had her give her my phone number. About time, and, fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just so go. I'm thankful he did that, man. But I'm gonna just go ahead and throw that out there because I know that's what the listeners and everyone else is thinking. Like, man, what you doing, man? Help this man out. You know he's a good human being. If you hanging with him, get help him right. to the, the get the, man bridge the gap. Bridge the gap. But okay, go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. But um, little did I know that uh, he had actually revealed to me soon after you know he moved in with us that. His mom did the same thing to them with their father. Oh. So, um, yeah, that, that happened to them as children. Luckily, you know, the father was in their lives and everything like that. You know, great, no problem. But um, fast forward to February of this year, my daughter texted me. Oh, what'd she uh, say? Her, her first words was, hi, do you know me? And ah. He, he, uh... My, my daughter's uncle actually told me that she would be texting me. So here I'm saying, you know, I'm going to use my daughter's name. Her name is Brianna. Uh-huh. Um, so I said, is this Brianna? And she said, yes. And there's so much bent up emotion. And I've kept inside my daughter. And it was overwhelming for her because there was total pour out of emotion. Like, oh my God, I've missed you so much. I love you so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was so excited and she actually was like, I want to tell somebody. And I told her, I said, well, you don't need to lie about it. You can tell whoever you want, you don't need to lie. And so she said, I'm going to tell my grandma. So she did. And I never heard from her again after that for about, until what, the, the next hearing in March. Mm. Here, they, blocked, they blocked my phone number. So they blocked my phone number and I went to court and the judge, well, it was a Zoom call because of COVID crap and all that. 
Um, so, you know, we went to court through Zoom, and uh, the judge gave me access. I could call her, I could text her, we could talk, as long as she made the first initial contact. Well, a month goes by, and she contacts me again on social media. Great. So we talked all summer long. Yep. You know, no, no issues. Without her mom and her grandmother knowing, because if they found out again, they would want the number again. Yep. So, fast forward to all summer long, August 5th comes around. And her mom and her grandmother found out we had been talking because I had filed a motion to have my daughter speak to the judge in court. Yep. And um, so they find out. And then the next conversation I have with my daughter on the phone, our first question is, are you recording this conversation? Should have been a red flag to me, but it wasn't. Right. And then she turns the conversation section. Um, she's 11 years old, so no, no 11-year-old should be using a tampon. Right. And she states, oh, well, it feels good when I put the tampon in. And, like, immediately, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to talk about this. Uh, I'm, I'm ending this conversation. We don't need to talk about it. What the and, fuck? Yeah, yeah. So, the next day, she goes, we talk again. And it's another sexual comment. It says um, something like, uh, what's the wettest thing you can think of? And me, not thinking anything of it, water. That's the wettest thing I can think of. Right. You know, so and she says, no, Daddy, use your dirty mind. What? And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 I'm not talking about this with you. You know, oh. she's 11 years old, I don't need to talk about that with you. Bro, what the fuck is her people right. doing to her, man? What kind of so, shit is so that? immediately, I call my attorney. Immediately. And I tell him, hey, this is what she's saying. I think that they are going to try to set me up to look like a sexual predator. Yep. Well, in court, in September, uh, they tried everything they could to make me look like a sexual predator. They tried to make me look like I was an abuser. They tried to make me look like I was a drug addict. Hey man, hold on, bro. The judge threw all that out. Bro, man, no, nah, man. The act, that act right there alone, bro. I don't give a fuck. Anybody listening to this, man, should just heard everything you just said, man. Why would this person even play like that? Why would this person even even attempt to have your kid, somebody who's been through what you've been through and survived and made it and didn't turn into a criminal. You didn't turn into a serial killer. Nothing strange, bro. You're just a regular human trying to fucking get through it. Why would you do this to somebody, man? And they see your back. Bro, they see you're on the right track. Why would they do that to Why What would you do that to Why would you do that to that man, man? That's, that's shameful, I believe, man. I believe the correct term is called malicious mothers. Man, it's called, that should be a felony, and that should be a crime, man. That right there should Absolutely. be a crime, man. That should be a crime, man. Anyway, the judge, the judge found no cause, and that's oh he threw it all out. Including the, the trying to make me look like I'm a drug addict, because I'm a tractor-trailer driver. Yep, In yep. fact, if you hear my truck, I apologize. I'm oh, right man, now. no, that's perfect, man. That's perfect. That's, that's but, perfect. Uh, so, I take drug tests regularly. Yep. You know, and so, and I 
I showed him my drug test. They tried to make me look like I was a criminal. I brought in my criminal record. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have on my record was from 2017 for possession of marijuana. Ah, uh, man. Hey, I'm in a recreational state right now, man, so I don't... Right. I don't it's that's... It, no, it's no. mostly legal. No. No, no, because whatever you seen for that, for, for the anxiety and the depression and stuff, they gave you a fucking pill, man, that was way more dangerous than herb, way more dangerous, way, and they don't care, man, in fact, I have a good friend right now, I was just talking to another friend of ours about how we're going to get this, get him fucking saved, how we're going to save him because his brother and his parents are fucking really worried about him, as are we, Dent a dentist gave him fucking uh, Percocets. He's been hooked on Percocets since, and now he's in the heroin. So here we are. You know what I mean? So I'm that the pills and shit. Just I don't trust them. But yeah, okay. No, so you're passing your drug test for work and stuff. So they can't. They have nothing on you. So then what happens? Right. They, they, so the judge threw all that out. Actually, the judge kind of ripped her and her lawyer like a new asshole. It was mm -hmm. funny. Um, I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, uh, maybe, maybe what I did at first, you know, because I kept apologizing and everything like that, and when, uh, when my daughter cut off contact, you know, it kind of felt like she was just tossing me in the trash. Yep. You know, so, and, and I, I was upset about it, you know, and maybe I put a little bit of a guilt trip on her on there, okay, that's my fault. But, you know, and he didn't mention that to me, hey, you can't do that. You know, he wasn't rude or ignorant, you can't do that. Yeah. I said, okay, okay, I apologize, Your Honor. I didn't intentionally do it. I said, but in my own defense, there's a lot of built-up emotions yeah. that have never been released. Yeah. Yeah, you're a human yeah, being, so man. You're a human being. You're, you're a human right. being, man. And, and, and again, again, having your child kidnapped, because that's what happened. You didn't give authority yeah. for your child to go nowhere. You, your child was six months old. You and this other person weren't getting along, and then they, and then they jack, they tied it with your kid. Now, if that yeah. would have been anything else, if you guys would have went half, if you guys would have went half on a car and they took off, if you guys would have went half on anything else in the world and they took off, it would have been a felony, or it would have been a problem, or you would have had yourself a civil case and you could have sued. But in this instance, the state comes to try to make money. You know, right. and that's what's crazy. Um, so then what happens? What, what, what happens in court after that? Well, uh, court went really good, actually. Um, actually, I, have a, I had a really, really good judge. And uh, for anybody listening, if you're in West Virginia and you need an attorney, contact Mark Gatos or Buddy Turner. Mm. They are amazing and they will fight the crap for you. Okay, now you say anybody listening in West Virginia, and what were those attorneys' names again? His name is Mark Gatos, mm -hmm. or Buddy Turner. He's mm -hmm. part of uh, Gatos and Turner Law Firm. Mm, okay. And they are in Kingwood, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So and they are amazing. Absolutely amazing. I didn't go for the most expensive one or the cheapest one. I looked for the person with the most experience. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's been fighting for this for 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And that matters, man. We talk all the time on here about railroad lawyers. I had a lawyer, uh, me and this lawyer, 
I thought it was going to be everything I thought it was going to be. And then as time went on, I realized that what was happening in my case was actually a lot of people complained about this person doing these things. I say, oh, man, I might have a railroad lawyer. I don't know. I don't want to stick around to find out. I want to cut ties. And I'm not being... I'm not being, I'm being serious here. The next day, my children came home to me because I had trial the next day. I was about paranoid. I had court the next day, but I had to make a choice. And yeah. we went ahead and rolled with the backup quarterback and things been straight. It was Tom Brady. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So things have been right. fine. Speaking but- of Tom Brady, man, uh, you know, I mean, from New England, you know, I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, but. You know, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan in general, so, uh, you know, you, might, you being from Michigan, you must be a Lions fan. Yeah, I am a Lions fan, but that's because you I'm not... You got your first win yesterday. Hey, man, listen, I want to say this, bro. I'm, I'm originally from, man, where Barry Sanders... Anytime you ever saw Barry Sanders playing, he played where, you know, I'm from. You know, you, Barry Sanders never played in Detroit. So, I'm a huge Lions fan because I was born, you know, right up the street from the Silver Dome, right up the street from the Palace of Auburn Hills. So, I'm... I'm a huge Lions fan, but at the same time, uh, I, I was pulling for the Patriots that whole time. I was uh, 10 years old when Tom Brady got in the game. He obviously went to Michigan. I'm a huge Michigan fan. I like Michigan State, too, but I'm a huge Michigan fan, born into that. So, fucking yeah, I was, I'm shit. I was, I'm you happy. just won the NCAA title. No, we didn't win the NCAA uh, title. No, you all just won a trophy or yeah. I can't remember what game that was. Yeah, we won the Big Ten Championship. We're, uh, yeah, against Ohio State. And we popped Ohio State. So that is the championship to us, for real. <laughs> but we've been right. losing, so I, I, I'm happy as hell, I won't lie. You know, uh, I'm happy, but at the same time, we lost a lot. So I need to see I need to see that for about three, four more years, and then I'll, then I'll crack a smile. Handle business right. for a while, though, is what I need to see. But, amen. Right. Man, um, but 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 I, I'm 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 still pulling for the Patriots right now for some weird reason. I like Mac Jones and shit. I think it'd be dope to see Tom Brady versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That'd be dope. Man. Oh, that would be dope, man. Yeah. That would be dope. It'd be good for yeah. football, good for culture, just good for everything, man. That shit would be sweet. Absolutely. Man. Heck yeah, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but actually, if you don't mind, another thing that helped me during that whole time, I started writing music. Oh, really? Yes, I started putting a lot of my emotions and a lot of everything I was going through. I put it on paper, and I grew up a big hip-hop fan. Oh. You know, so I started writing poetry, and then I started getting instrumentals, and I started putting my poetry to instrumentals. And then it just happened to work, so I kept doing it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm good or whatever. I think I'm decent, I'm okay, but I kept, I kept striving to get better, and that's actually what took my mind off of my daughter and put it onto something more constructive. Now, I won't lie to you, a Tom Brady conversation, I could see that happening. That's not uncommon. I, that did not take me by surprise at all. But when you got to saying that you rap, that shit caught me by surprise, I won't lie to you at all. I did not see at all you saying that you were that you were rapping to let some 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 of that out ever. Now I make music as well. Um I don't really talk about it on this podcast because this ain't the fucking platform for this. But um I come from a family of musicians. Um and so for whatever reason, music when I hear it, it slowed down. And I can I can I, I'm God gave me the ability to be able to write and rap. 
Now, me on the other hand, I will say I think I'm pretty straight with music. I could rap, but I just not. I was not really often. People tell me it's not good. I I could tell people faces and energies. They don't really be so expecting me to be able to rap. I, it's cool. It's just art. But at the same time, I understand it's just all God given ability and it's expression. It's no wrong way to write no fucking picture, draw no picture. If I give you a blank canvas to say, draw a picture of a tree and so the sun and fucking some grass and some bushes. And then you draw this picture, but it's not the picture and bushes I expected. What doesn't make it wrong? It doesn't. You drew what you pictured in your head and what you seen, and it's still right. You know what I mean? So that's what's beautiful I, about. Yeah, music is what? music has saved me as well, man. So I'm glad you talked about that. That's beautiful, man. Send me some music, man. Since we were talking about God, actually, uh, during that time um, that I was away, about five years ago, is when I actually got saved. Oh, that's powerful too, man. Um, I turned my whole life over, and since then, since I was saved, uh, I got my driver's license back, I got my CDL, um, I went to school, uh, my my anger has gone away, now there's still times where I have flare-ups, but it's now, it's now I can control it. Right. So, and that's, and that's something else too. And that's why it's important that we just keep on talking and having these conversations and keep letting it roll because this really goes to show like, all right, so, you know, you got saved, what you said five years back. So, and since you've been saved, you're saying that, you know, it's really helped with all the other stuff as far as mentally. And I think that's big because... I think folks sleep on faith. Now, when I first got into this whole situation with my kids, um, somebody uh, really close to me said, now it's time to lean on your faith. And he's not necessarily, a, he, you know, he's not, he, he believes, but he's not necessarily one that's going to ever talk to you about a Bible verse. So it caught my attention. But I also knew that he said it. It came out of his mouth, what he said to me. But I also knew where it came from. What put right. it, it was a spirit that was put on his soul to look me in the face and tell me because I'm standing there with him right there at that moment. And I remember I looked at him. I remember I looked at him and I thought to myself, damn it. He's right, man. Like this is the only it's like, oh, he's right. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it, it's hurt. It's crazy because sometimes we want to fix our problems and the problem ourselves. But some of these problems can't be fixed with our heads. Some of these problems can only be fixed with our hearts and our spirits. You know what I mean? Not at all. And I'm pretty sure you know that that poem about the footprints in the sand. Uh, and to, see, where, to where you, to where you you were walking side by side with God, and then you look back in your times of trouble, and you only see one set of footprints. That's what God carries you, not walking with you. Right. Right. Man, no, nah, man, it's 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 deep because, man, it's deep because the faith, you know, when I get my word and when I don't get my word, it's, I'm two different people in my heart. You know what I mean? And it's not intentionally. It's it's completely on accident. But like when I don't get when I don't devote my little time to God for the day. It's a totally different feel, man. Kids, no kids, whatever the case may be as far as, like, you know, and and that's what got me better back to my kids after all that time. And there was a time I just wrote in my notebook, I said, God, listen, I haven't seen my kids. I came back to the ground where you told me to come. You brought me to here. I'm only in this spot right here in this place right now so I could get back closer to you. Bring me back. I'm writing this shit in a notebook. 
and Shazam. Things slowly start moving. Like, I had to literally force feed myself the word. Like, it was a football playbook. Like, get back in it. Get on the grind. Like, put your focus on them. Lean on them. But we want to... Remember, remember, man, God opens doors that nobody can shut. Yeah, that's the God on his truth. That's with your kids. That's with your spouse. He opens doors that nobody can shut. Even if you try to shut them yourself, you can't. Because he won't let it be shut. Yeah, and then... Two, you know what I mean? Uh, there's also the blessing of a closed door. Hey, and then sometimes we close the door ourselves. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So, but a closed door is not the end of a story, but the beginning of a decision. No. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's one thing about it. And, you know, a setback isn't a life sentence, and not all closed doors are the same. But we can't blame, we can't blame every closed door on God. So that's no. what we know. You know what I mean? But, no. It's but, a, but if you have if you have faith, if you have faith, anything's possible. Yeah. Faith the size of a mustard seed. That's it. You know, that's all you need. Faith the size of a mustard seed. If you look at a mustard seed, a mustard seed is tiny. Oh man, it's very small. It looks like it, 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 and for those who don't who've never seen a mustard seed, it is a hundred it's it's smaller than a popcorn kernel. Absolutely. So you know, and, but yeah, um at court. At court, man, I, uh, I went from having nothing, no communication or anything, to pretty much 50-50. Ha! All right. That's what I'm talking about. But it's not over yet. We actually have court next month. Oh, it's never but, over. Uh, <laughs> since, uh, since September, I've been keeping an eye and writing, on, writing down everything. About every everything that you know, they don't that she, her mother doesn't follow the court order about. And since then, since September, there's been fifteen violations. Fifteen violations since September. Somebody since loves the, being in control, don't they, Mike? Yes. <laughs> and now, it's funny because what kind of I violations are they, Mike? What is it? What kind of violations are they? Um, well, I was allowed, I was supposed to have in the court order, it states that, uh, we were supposed to do reunification therapy, okay. They never set it up, so I had to call and set it up. Um, that was not a violation, but right after court, the judge ordered us to all to go to lunch and be paid for it. Okay, I did, no problem. Well, the judge also stated for my daughter to walk down to the restaurant with me, it was 200 feet, you know. We get out of the courtroom, and I go over to tell my daughter, you know, come on, let's go, we're going to walk down the restaurant. Her mother and her grandmother, well, let's just say it's her grandmother. Her grandmother says, I don't think so. We'll meet you down there. So they take 20 minutes to walk down to the restaurant. And then uh, the whole time they're on the phone calling my, my daughter's uncle, the one that was really good friends with me, and um, telling them to come pick them up at the restaurant. So we get to the restaurant, uh, we sit down, and we get our food, and five minutes later, they're packing up my daughter's food and rushing out the door. Um, so I really only got to spend five minutes with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was supposed to take her out to lunch. You know, five minutes isn't lunch. Mm-mm. You know, so that was one. Um, also, and then... I'm supposed to have 
I, you know, I was supposed to not have my phone number blocked. I was supposed to have contact and everything else. I'm allowed to make meaningful contact. Mm-hmm. Well, the first 45 days, they had my number blocked on my daughter's cell phone. Hmm. So I couldn't contact her. Well, that could be problematic, seeing as how your number is supposed to be unblocked. Right. Exactly. So... We had, uh, we had our first therapy session, and the court order states that I'm supposed to get two six-hour visits in October, two six-hour visits in November, and an overnight weekend in December. The overnight weekend visit was supposed to be for December 10th, next mm-hmm. Friday. Mm. Well, they've already denied that. They, uh, they didn't show up to my second visit in November. It just didn't show up. It's important to note, Mike doesn't give a fuck about his ex, and I'm using nope. cuss words because, man, you know, I, I, I know I know, God loves me, regardless of if I'm using foul language or not. None of them words in the Bible, but I'm saying, you don't give a damn about this lady. This ain't about her. This is strictly, strictly about that daughter that she withheld, and if you're talking to her, you're actually, you're getting over all of the feelings that you have, a district of, of, of all the anger. And all that, you putting it all past you, and I'm contacting you. I'm contacting you because I want to know what's up with my child. Not you, nothing like that. Like, so, to have the number blocked is like... the. So, about this person just completely 100% disregarding the judge's uh, orders. Um, are you familiar with the Chad Reed situation going on? Yes, I am. I heard all about it. And I'm, in my own opinion, this is my opinion... Uh, People can take care of leave it. I believe the mother is just as responsible as the guy that shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a, yep, I did a podcast on it. And I said, I said the exact same thing. Now, before I get into why I believe, what was it that stood out the most to you that made you feel like that, Mike? Well, first, um, she was withholding child from him. Uh-oh. So, so she was breaking the law. Right, if she's withholding the child from him, then that that dude didn't even live there. Right. Well, even if he did, even if he did live there, whatever the case, this lady stole the kid first. Right. And not to mention, she was recording the whole situation. And then the guy goes inside to grab a gun. The guy didn't have to go inside to grab a gun. He could have gone inside and called the police and stayed inside. Oh, yep. You know? But he did it. He went and got a gun. And then he shot, oh, okay, he shot a warning shot. I don't know if he, I didn't see if he shot it in the air or shot it on the ground. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he shot the guy twice. Twice. That's over to Dog. And Mike, and Mike, this is a part that gets me. So you're saying you're protecting your house, right? And your property. But yet you shot this fucking guy aiming towards your property. And you trusted your aim that well that you shot towards your fucking property, bro? Not only that, though. There was innocent lives in the property. You disregarded everyone inside and trusted your shot that much. Not only. You you were that good of a shot, but you couldn't shoot him in the leg? Yeah. You shot a warning shot at the ground and didn't hit him, but you couldn't hit this guy in the leg to, like, 
get danger out because he didn't have a weapon, so you didn't have to take his life. You didn't have to. And I, just no. don't, I don't understand how they're standing on castle doctrine while they were in the middle of breaking a law. A kid was supposed right. to be given over per judge's orders. So how someone can disregard that and kill a man in the process is just beyond me. But lo and behold, those people went home that night. And the part that got yeah, me no. was... The part that got me was not only was she recording, bro, but the distance she had towards the situation. Exactly. When he came out with the gun, she was still recording. She stepped out of the way. Like, she knew what was going to happen. Yeah, she was out of the way, bro. She was out of the way the minute he walked away from the porch. He, he, She was out the way because she knew. Exactly. Because I'd be willing to bet they sat back and talked about that for, for a minute before. You know, and it's, uh, I just feel it was conspired, bro. Like, and then my man gets shot two times and like, you mean you tell me you were married to this guy? You still have his last name? You guys have children in common? And he gets shot dead twice? Shot dead right in front of you. He's bleeding out lifeless on the porch. And you don't let out a scream. You don't panic. You don't nothing. You just nothing. That's weird to me. No reaction. That's weird to me. It's weird, weird, dog. Anybody anybody in their right mind would have a reaction. Anything, bro. And then, like, as they're arguing and fighting, right, there's a pistol fight. I come from a community where fights happen and shit. It's very, very rare that a fight breaks off and everyone stands dead dead in one spot and doesn't even move that's rare the energy from the fight especially if two people are fighting over what's yours you have no choice but to move around who stands in one spot like it just doesn't fucking move it's weird you know what i mean that's weird that's just weird dog like natural energy would have had you moving around just adrenaline would have had you at least swaying or something but to just not move is weird look weird and then at the end of the video i remember the guy that shot the, that shot Chad was saying, I warned y'all, I warned y'all. Like, it was kind of premeditated. Yep, yep, yep. Gage that. When he came out, he said, I'm glad you're recording this, too. Why is you yeah. glad? What is you glad for? Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, and don't, then get me, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I, I don't think Chad's not responsible for getting shot. Chad was there by court order to pick up his son. Mm-hmm. Okay, the mother withheld his son and put him at the, the grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. Her mom. Mm-hmm. Therefore, she violated the court order. He was there to pick up his child. That's not Chad's fault. Yep. I wanted to and see then, him, is what she said. No time yeah. up, lady. What you talking about? <laughs> she hey. him all the time. No. Oh. You got to be careful who you have a kid with, ma'am. This man, you went yeah. to court and he got this time. You can't just disregard. But that, I'm talking to you about this because, man, a person is doing that to you. You know what I mean? Right. They're disregarding the damn judge's orders like you're not a human being. And, like, if right. you were to go looking for your kid and this could happen, you know what I'm saying? This could have that type of retarded shit could happen to anybody. Because I'm going to tell you what. I think Chad saw the bitch and the other guy. And that's why he was oh, yeah. talking to him like that. And I think that's why he rushed him when he had a gun. Because he was like, bro, I still think you're a bitch. Gun or no gun. Right. And like, it's funny because when he came out, he said, oh, you, you pull that out, you better use it or I'm going to take it from you and use it on you. Mm-hmm. Which Chad had every right. That guy pointed, when that guy pointed the gun at him, he had every right to try to disarm him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well it's, it's crazy because this man is literally not with us anymore 
And all that had to happen. God rest his soul. I feel so sorry for his family. I do. I feel terrible for him. But I understand that Chad right now is a martyr. And I understand he did not go in vain. And, you know, for the first, like, week or so, I really hurt. And when I prayed, I shed a tear. And I was hurting for that man. But after a while, I got to realizing this man, like, you know, he died to light a fire under my ass and every other dad out there who knows we can talk and we can spread light on this, fi- light a fire under our ass. We got to get moving because... Like, I, they're, they're trying to pass Chad's law, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, which I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, I, believe it's, I believe that it's trying to uh, make withholding a child from the other parent during their parenting time. I believe they're trying to turn that into a felony. That's what needs to happen. That's what needs you know, to happen. I totally 100% agree. That's what needs to happen. Because you know what? But then you start talking about other things. If you make this a felony. Alright, so here's the thing. If you look at if you look at that topic and you make that uh, withholding a child or parental alienation and you make that a felony, you start looking at states like my state, okay? Michigan. We have 32 prisons in the state of Michigan, alright? One of those is a boot camp. One of those is for women and it only houses 1,100 people. And oh, wow. then the other 30 are for men. So, I watched the news the other day. Uh, I, have, I realized I hadn't watched the news in a while since the shootings and stuff because I just wanted to decompress from it. So I was like, let me figure out what's been going on since then, you know, because I've been staying away from the news just so I don't get all, you know, you know. Uh, and I, I, I counted, I counted, I counted three or four felonies committed all from women. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm looking and reading four felonies right here in my face, that means... There's only 1,100 beds, and this is only from the last two, three days. So, you know what I mean? It's just, it's right. numbers ain't adding up. You know what I mean? So, what's going to happen right. is these folks are going to catch lesser charges because there's nowhere to put them. You know? Right. So now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that they need to go to jail, but even more, if they're going to withhold the child, then they don't need to have the children. All rip. All but that rip. goes for fathers and mothers because it does happen to mothers, too. Yeah. Yeah, but if again, if you're if you if if you do something to your kid, if you hurt your kid, if you if you if you abuse your if you abuse your kid, if you do something to that yeah. you destroy your kid, you just if you mishandling this opportunity because it's a privilege. This is not this is not this is this is a it's a privilege. It's it's it, you know it's, this isn't a given. You know what I mean? No. Like being a parent. So if you take that privilege and you just do whatever with it, there's a good chance, you know what I mean, you can end up in a spot where you don't see your kids. There's some people out here that are being terrible to their kids and they don't deserve to see them. But there are also people out here who, there's way way more people who damn want to be around their kids. So withholding kids from another party is 100% just wrong. Absolutely. And what's bad about where my daughter is, uh, the county that my daughter lives in, is uh, one of the worst in the state of West Virginia, childhood. Uh, which alienation, when you withhold a child, that's neglect. Uh-huh. That's also psychological abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, so 
you didn't have to pay child support for your daughter the whole time, not, right? Not, not for the eleven years. Her mother, her mother denied it. No, um, no, and, and that's the best thing I've heard you say so far is that she denied it. Um, that's the least she could do because she was stealing a kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Technically, well, she she denied it because if uh, if anything, I would actually get her address to know where it's going, and they didn't want me to have that. <laughs> you know? Bro, no. bro, she should have definitely not followed her mom's lead on this one. I'll go ahead and say no, that. Not at all. Not at all. And I mean, no. I, like I said, I can't knock her as a mother. My daughter's healthy. Yeah. But, you know, that's as far as I know. She helped me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, so, and she's a great student. You know, so I can't knock her as a mother. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if you're not willing to give me a chance to be my daughter's father, then, then you know, that, that's wrong. Oh, and by the way, uh, during the whole time when I was friends with her brother, with my daughter's uncle, mm-hmm. um, She's, she's got a boyfriend now. She's had multiple in the past. But um, she was, they were trying to force my daughter to call her boyfriend dad. Mm. And my daughter didn't want to. And, and that's when her uncle um, put her in contact with me. Mm. You know, and then after that, you know, he cut me off. He's saying that I started drama for man i don't know who he is bro and i obviously have no personal ties i've never met him but man fuck him man i'm being dead serious bro because why he didn't give you put you in place with her before man you didn't start no drama you want to be a father to your child bro now them two bro bro him and his sister didn't have a dad bro you're trying to step in i mean they did but i'm saying like they went through the same thing you said so i don't understand why why he couldn't cope with why you wouldn't want that for your children or why he wouldn't want that for his niece man but he ultimately did that's why he went ahead and passed that number on but, hey, man, right. he did a good thing. So, like, I'm with him, and I wish I could give him a hug. I'd give him a hug, too, because he, he he played a very vital part to this. So I'm grateful Absolutely. and I'm thankful. But, uh, you know what I mean? Shit, you ain't starting no drama, man. That's what you're supposed to do. But the that, drama started that, when that, a fucking person kidnapped your kid and acted like you weren't a human. That's pretty drama-ish, if yeah, you ask me. At, at that time, she contacted me. This is going back to February. Um, I was living in New Hampshire at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were living like 600 miles away from where she lived. Uh, well, the moment she contacted me, I automatically put a trace on the number to find out where it was coming from. Yep. Uh, I found out where she was. Well, that day, my wife, I said, you know, maybe I should wait, maybe I should wait, you know, until she contacts me again. Well, my wife was the one that pushed me and said, no, we're doing this right now. Right. And she actually, we got in the car drove 600 miles down to the courthouse and filed for visitation that day. Yeah. You know, so I didn't wait. And then uh, people are asking, the, the lawyer that she had was one of the first attorneys that I had called and she wanted a massive amount. And I said, yeah, I'm not giving that to you. Yeah. Um, you know, she wanted something like 5000 down. It's going to be like 2000 a month. I said, yeah, I'm not giving that to you. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, man. So, I could go in here and lose myself for that amount of money. You trying to drown me right. and, and rob me at the same time? <laughs> right. Well, well. The first question she asked me, she says, "Why now?" I said, "Why not now?" 
know, I just found out where she is, so why not now? Why now? That would have made me been like, ma'am, why you? <laughs> That's what I'm not. I, I, came, I came here hoping you would answer the question, why you? What the hell you mean, why right. now? Did you hear what I said? Right. This lady stole her. I couldn't find her. Why now? Right, exactly. Exactly. You know, and uh, so since, since our court, we have talked. And for the first three visits that we had, everything went really, really well. And then after that third visit, the court order stated for the first three visits, I could not leave the state of West Virginia. Yeah. Now, this the, the second visit uh, in November would have been the fourth visit. I could have taken her anywhere as long as I had her back at the allotted time. Yeah. So, they, I, in my opinion, I don't know if this is what going through their head. I'm not a mind reader. But, in my opinion, I believe that they for this child for time and he's fucking not there but you showed up bro you showed up they text you and asked you and you saw it was funny business you're like nah I'm still pressing forward I'm going (laughs) right like I showed up uh, I was 20 minutes early you know so I got a receipt I already assumed that they wouldn't show up so I went to the gas station next door uh, and got a receipt but in the court order, it states that I'm supposed to provide transportation to and from the visit to home. They would never allow me to bring her home or pick her up from home. Right. And I'll tell you why in a second. Um, well, so I went to the guy. They said, we can meet at a sheriff's department. Da, 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 da. So, okay, whatever. You want to meet there? Fine, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I showed up. And I went to the gas station next door, and I bought just two sweet teas. I had my wife with me. And I won't ever go on a visit by myself, simply because in August she made sexual comments. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chad Reed could be anybody. Any one of us could be Chad Reed, bro. Any yeah, one of yeah, us. We all need, that's why these shits is dangerous, man. Any one of us could yeah. be Chad. But go ahead. John, I refuse to go on any visits by myself. Um... So I go, I went and got received and everything. I signed in front of the sheriff's department and waited for about two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, once the once the time I was supposed to pick her up at two o'clock. Yeah. Once it hit two ten, I was very nice. I texted her mother and I said, "Hey, it's two ten. Just not sure if you're stuck in traffic, uh, but I'm here. I'm here at the sheriff's department waiting." Where is my product, lady? Right, you know. No answer. Okay. About, about an hour goes by. Hey, it's three o'clock. I'm still here waiting. Where are you guys at? You know, nothing. 
Dog, that was literally a Chad Reed situation, and that's what people need to understand. That's exactly what happened to Chad Reed. He was supposed to be there at 3.15 after 4 p.m. He goes looking. He's like, what the fuck? I can't drive 60 miles back this way, or I can't drive 30 minutes back this way and then come back at 6 just because you say I got a quarter, or I've been waiting to see him. I got plans. Right. And you've officially well, cut into my time. That's the same thing that happened to you. That is so crazy, man. So crazy. Right. Well, I did some more digging. And then I had, then I found out that the apartment they live in, they no longer live in. Mm. And then I found out something even worse, that they moved themselves into a crap hole motel right down the road where people who are homeless go and are put on house arrest. Mm. You know, so they're all staying in a single motel room right now, um, which means my daughter's sharing a bed with her mother. Which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a child is just supposed to share an adult, uh, share a bed with an adult. You know? No. Especially after a one-year-old child. You know what? Whether, unless she's sick. No, we're not getting ready to knick-knack that. What we're getting ready to do flat out is say... Why should your daughter not be at the house where the rest of the fucking kids are? Where her brothers and sisters are? She has brothers and sisters, bro, that she has no idea that do things just how she does them. She has no idea. She has a seven-year-old sister, bro, right now, and a one-year-old sister who need her this minute. Not tomorrow, not next week. They needed her today, bro. Your 11-year-old daughter, they needed her today. But she doesn't even understand her full assignment yet because this lady is twisting her brain up. But she got two little sisters that need her. She has other siblings too. But she has two little sisters that need her. You know, and I won't even hold you up. How kids are, there's something that she's going to say to her 14-year-old brother that she doesn't know she has yet. And she's going to help him too. She she knows about him. She's met him all. Actually, the very first visit, she met them all. Oh, that's so fucking sweet. That's so sweet. that I brought my kids to that visit. How was that, seeing them all interact with each other for the first time? Talk about that for a second. They had a blast. Um, She had the biggest smile I had ever seen her have. Mm -hmm. You know, and they had a blast, especially my bonus son, my 14-year-old. Yeah. Her her and him, right off the bat, they clicked. See, you see what I said. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You know, and and it's like she, the only reason I brought them was because she asked me to. Yeah. Because she wanted to meet them. Yeah. So I brought them. You know, and maybe maybe it was wrong to do it at that time. I should have just had it be me and her at that time. You know, just for that. But um, nah, you did the right to thing. This point, like, to this point, man, the last 30 days, I'm oh, sorry, since all the right after the third visit, uh, she, like, she's being told stuff that, she, that I've never told her stuff about me, that I've never told her. Like, like how my wife and I got together, uh, that's not something I want to put on my desk, but, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I've never told her that she had no business knowing. Right. Uh, well, about it, I don't really care. Uh, my my bonus child, um, my wife, before we got together, was with my biological brother. I told you I was adopted. Right. Uh, she was with my biological brother. We didn't know each other. Right. Uh, so, 
I actually met him and we started talking and eventually I seen how he was treated. He was very abusive. Right, right. And I told him straight off the bat, I said, hey, if you don't treat her better, you're going to lose her. And I found that out from experience because I didn't treat my ex well and I lost her. Right, right. You know, so I was trying to give him that, that little bit of uh, advice as much as he didn't know me or anything to try to help him save his relationship. Um, but, uh, you know, so anyways, they split and, uh, you know, a few months goes by and I come around to see her child, my son's child, who is my 14-year-old stepchild. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, so I come around to see them, make sure he's doing okay and everything like that. And he started dating. Um, you know, I, we went out, we had fun. And we try, kept trying to, you know, go out and have fun. And then we eventually just started dating. Um, well, that turned into us getting married. Right. And having a family. And my brother, at first, he was furious about it. As he should have been. You know, um, I don't hold that against him. He should have been pissed off. It was wrong for the way for me getting with his ex. However, I don't regret it. Because right. if it wasn't for me... He would not have stayed in his son's life. Right. Um, I encouraged him, dude, you got to stay around for your son. Yeah. Your son needs you. Oh. You know, and, yeah, you know, but, you now and, and since then, we, like, since he's been around and everything, we co-parent. We co-parent very well. We spend holidays together. Yep. He comes over every other weekend and takes his son, you know, everything. You know, no problem. He's a great father. Yeah. You know, and, and we co-parent very, very well. Granted, it helps that, you know, we're related, but, you know. Yep. Yep. at the same time, like, people are going to look down on me for that, and I really don't care. They don't yeah. really know the whole story. Nah, man. Nah, nah. This ain't about. You know, this ain't but, about that, bro. You said you said that right. lady helps you with a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it. You know, like. My ex and stuff, they're telling my daughter, who's 11, who should not have any idea about how my wife and I got together. They're telling her all this stuff and then telling her, uh, he's a bad parent. I'm the good one. Well, you know, like, well, well, you got to keep in mind. The reason why is because she has a blueprint in front of her. If her mom did that, yeah. she's not encouraging her to like do better than her. She's actually teaching her how to. Uh, she's putting her on game. All right, this is how you manipulate. Yeah. Her. This is how you do it. Yeah. This is how you keep the cycle going, the hate going, the drama going. The reason why her mom's so spiteful towards you, cause then dad, you know what I'm saying? You putting up a different fight than what she used to. You know what I mean? Right. Man. You know, and like, I, I don't react to her mother in anger. I don't react to my daughter in anger. I mean, don't get me wrong. When she started trash talking me, which this has been happening a lot more with them since the last, since the third visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the third visit, she has started being absolutely disrespectful, calling me names like trash dad and saying, you know, go kill yourself and stuff like that. Now, deep down, I know that's not her talking. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it really hurts. Yep, I bet it do. You know, like, her mother knows that because she's using my daughter as a weapon against me. Yep. yep. And 
Like you, you can't do that. Whether it be a father or a mother, yep. you cannot use that child as a weapon against the other parent. Because it's going to backfire on you eventually. eventually. And that child will hate you. Yep. They gonna hate you, man. You know what I mean? Don't try to make up, fabricate no shit about no parent trying to, trying to bend, bend, bend leverage your Psychological way. Psychological and emotional abuse. That's what it is. Man, it, it's, it's, it's real. You know what I mean? It really is real, man. You know, but kids, they know what's up. And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, bro. Your daughter doesn't have enough time around you to know who you are, if you're a good dad, if you ain't a bad dad, or what kind of dad you are. Because she ain't been around you enough. So that can't be her talking because she doesn't understand what you she doesn't understand, bro. You've seen this country, bro. You're a truck driver. You've seen this damn country. She doesn't understand what you have to offer, what you've been picking up along the way. She doesn't understand that you've been in battles. Dog, and you're a veteran, and that's the craziest part. That's another thing. We have a lots of veterans on this show. <clears throat> and it's important that you know that because I say on here all the time. When we are dealing with somebody who went to the military, let's stop looking at it as these people just went to go get a check. Some of these folks are actually doing and seeing some very serious things. It doesn't matter Absolutely. what they did. They could be filling up gas tanks. They put the jersey on with our name on the back and they fucking went over and took orders and did what, what was asked to put on for our team. The, the shit that we just wake up and do freely, they went off and fought. And they stood in foreign land where people didn't even like how they looked. Some of them was in gunfights, real gunfights that our people knew about and put them there to have the gunfights and taught them how to fight back. So, listen, we don't know who's who when they say they do these things and they went. Let's just respect these people better when they get home. You know, let's treat these people better. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what folks went through, bro. You look, look how much you've been through. You know, and that's another I, thing. I was a kid. I was still a kid when I joined the military. I was 17. Right. You know, my adopted mom, uh, my mom, I'll say that, because she's my mom. Yeah. My, my birth mother, I don't even call her my mom. She, her, I just call her by her first name because mm -hmm. the way I see it is she never, she was never there. She never raised me. She, 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 she lost me. She did a lot of hurtful things. She mm -hmm. lost me. She's not my mother. Mm -hmm. you know? But anyway, um, I had her sign. I joined right after 9-11. I joined in 2002, mm -hmm. January 2002, but I couldn't ship until June, mm -hmm. until after school. Um, so I dropped out of high school, went and got my GED, took the ASVAB, took everything like that, and went and joined the military. Right. Why? Because I, I witnessed what happened on 9-11. Right. No, I bet you did, man. I bet you did. And I could tell, I could tell based off of the reason why you went that you weren't just over there gassing up trucks. Not to say that that uh, job. A truck driver, actually. Oh, a truck driver? I was an 88 Mike. It's a motor transportation operator. 
That's what I'm saying, but you're still doing traveling. You're still seeing some stuff. Like, to travel, that oh, means yeah. you got to travel distance. Like, I have some friends, and, like, they would, when they would travel, you know, obviously folks are traveling in envoys and stuff. Or one of them, he would ride, and he was a car in front. So if a bomb blows, like, his blows first before the one that they need to keep safe keeps safe. You know what I mean? So, like, it, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's just riding, but at the same time, it's like you're riding every time you got to get prayed up because you don't know because folks yeah. are out. You know what I mean? So, it's like, man, it it, it, it it's deep. Man, it's deep. But when, when folks get home, when folks get home, man, like, let's treat them like they put our jersey on. Our courts yeah. are treated... I mean, you're you've been treated you've been treated relatively well since you got to court so far, and rightfully so. And I'm 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 gonna go ahead and give a lot of credit to those two lawyers that you were happy to mention. But a lot of these dads, bro, are being treated like they're criminals when they get to these family courts, and that's what's breaking my heart. Because these that's these because, that's because a lot of the court system is biased. Now, yeah. now recently. It is starting to change a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's it's not enough. Nah, not enough, not not nearly enough. Because you shouldn't need you shouldn't need you shouldn't need your kid getting beat on, or you shouldn't no. need an egregious act from the other party before you start to get half the time. It should start off no, with just I, half the time. And I saw a post on Facebook that made total sense, and I'm going to say it for y'all. It says um. Stop telling a father he should have fought harder and start asking the mother why the father had to fight at all to see his children. Yeah. Why should I put up a fight? This is this is something that I help create. This is a life that I put into the world. I breathe. I put. Breathe, I breathe. But God, this is my God-given right, man, to be a father to this child. Like I birth this. Two people to make the child. It takes two people to raise the child. Yeah, but like not only that. Like this was this is a once in a lifetime thing. Like one of my sperms attached to an egg. How do we go and say? How does a state or anyone just get to come in and say that? My sperm just automatically just doesn't play a role. It was a vital role. And we each had a vital role. And that's what I keep standing on. We each have vital roles in this. And a lot of times you hear dads come on here and they say we were pregnant. And we, 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 because fucking they are they really are into this shit, bro. We can't obviously carry children, but like we want to do as much as possibly we can. You know what I mean? In the, in those situations. A lot of dads, you know. So it, it, it it's it's deep, man, but I, I just want to see our veterans treated better. I would like to see that. That's something I really would like to see ASAP because it means a lot to me. Um, but let's talk about this for a second. Um, do you know about Title Four Section D, Mike? Negative. Um, I'm not sure how it goes in different states. I know different states have different laws. Okay. Well, this is going to be pretty much all of America. So we all have on our Constitution. All of us Americans have on our Constitution uh, under the Social Security Act in 1975, um, uh, Title Four Section D. Now, what this does is says this, every $1 that a dad kicks out that same department, not the whole building, just the people who pointed at you and said, you pay this, you pay that. These people are getting back 66 cents per dollar every time a dad pays child support. Now, it doesn't come out of what he pays. It comes out. It comes from free funding. All right. Free federal funding. So it incentivizes them to put you on child support because they're getting money back. You know what I mean? So. Here's where it really gets ugly, okay, Mike? Now, just stick with me, all right? Now, your child's mom, she's she she is a little different. She would rather you not see your kid than get help from the state. 
so that's unique. But I'd be willing to bet, bro, that she probably still may have a bridge card or something like that or has the kids on Medicaid or like some type of state aid, okay? So that means every $1 that you would have to pay in child support, that same group of people who point at you and say pay this, they get $5 per dollar that you kick out, okay? So that's free money. So every two, let's take 250 for example because that's the number I got in my head. $250, if a dad pays that and she's not on state aid, uh, they get 66 cents. But if he pays 200 per dollar, if he pays 250 and she's on state aid, they get 1200 bucks, Mike. Free money. And here's how it works. Because when I asked if you knew about Title Four, Section D, you said negative. That means... You're one more person who didn't know And this is 100% not your fault Because I've been asking the smartest people I've been asking strangers I've been putting in overtime I've never asked this shit I've never asked this question A question to this many people ever in my life Ever Because I've been asking everyone I, It's weird that not one of these humans know And they're making 50 billion dollars a year Off of family court That's strange How child do you support, The child support uh, Bureau of Child Support uh, Enforcement it's a business. That's it's a what I'm saying. Business. That's what I'm saying. Fifty billion. <laughs> Fifty right. billion. You, you know, know what I mean? If you don't mind, I'm gonna drop some stats on y'all real quick. Yeah, let's get into it. Children that, are, that don't have a father at home, yep. they're four times greater at risk of poverty. Yep. Okay. It's not more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Yep. Okay, they're more likely to have behavioral problems. Yep. And they're also more likely to face abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, they're two times greater risk of infant mortality. Yep. They're also more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're more likely to go to prison. Mm -hmm. Two times more likely to suffer obesity. Mm -hmm. More likely to commit crimes. And two times more likely to drop out of high school. Mm -hmm. Fatherless homes. Yeah. Yeah, hey, 90% of all of our prisoners in this nation come from single parent homes. You know what I mean? Now, only 10% of dads have full custody of their kids in this nation. And that had to be, that's got to be rising recently. So I imagine it's been lower in the past. But if 90%, if 90% of our prisoners come from single parent homes, bro, that's something, man. That's something. That's something. Yeah. Especially, bro, especially when they're making $50 billion from the family court, and then you factor in they're making money from the privatized prisons, and then you factor in prison labor is a, 500, is a $500 million a year business. That's free labor that you're getting from the prisoners, from the people that you arrested. You feel me? We got more prisoners than all the other countries put together in this one. So. That's insane. It is, bro, but I mean, shit, they gonna make their money one way. This is a country that went over, took the land over, went and got some other motherfuckers, made them do all the work, you know what I mean? And here and in between, that's just some of it. It was a lot of other fuck shit going on that we had nothing to do with. We weren't here yet, not our fault. Anyone breathing right now, it's nobody's fault breathing right now. No one was here, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, we came from a lot of fuck shit, so... Us capturing people and letting people steal other people's kids to make $50 billion that no one knows about. Four times more than the NFL. No one knows about. See, people know Tom Brady. 
They know Tom Brady. They know Tom Brady. You can ask anybody in New England or around the area of New England, states around, do you know Tom Brady? And they'll say, yeah, I've heard that name. Is a football player? Barry Sanders around here. Anyone in this state knows Barry Sanders. Sport fan or not. Hell, I know who Barry Sanders is. That's what I'm saying. So everyone knows Barry Sanders, but like, but like, but like, people know about child support, but they don't know. See, they know the NFL. They know it gives money, but for there to be child support making four times what the NFL makes and no one know what Title Four is, that's weird to me. <laughs> yeah. That's weird to me. You're going to make me have to do some more research. It's weird to me. And then listen, bro, when I got to court, I, eventually my momentum changed in my case and my kids are with me. But when I was, when they wanted me to pay, when all they cared about was me paying child support, they never really mentioned child support, uh, title four, I mean section D, except for like one little baby paragraph that they blended in and on a, on a useless page throughout all their paperwork they gave me, right? And then when finally, when I was a, when I was, when they wanted me to do some child support shit, then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I look, now they try to explain what Title Four is, right? Now they're trying to explain what the parent, what Title Four is. Listen to me, Mike. On the page, it was a bunch of nothing to do with the truth. Like, it was literally bullshit. It was like they, they took words from it that didn't have nothing to do with what it was. It was like if you asked me, if I asked you what truck driving was about, and then you gave me all these roundabout things but never once told me, like, what I could expect. What if you were just telling me, like, what to, what I would see along the way, and you're giving me all these side comments and shit. But literally, you know in your head that you're leaving me standing there not knowing what the fuck you're saying. You know what I mean? But I have to take it because I just asked a super experienced uh, truck driver what I should expect. You're not going to be like, hey, bro, uh, for real, I, you didn't tell me shit. You're not going to do that because you're just like, he's an experience. I'll just take it, whatever. That's what they do, bro. Oh, That's would take a whole other podcast and tell you what you expect of the driver. No, no. I'm just saying, yeah, like, I'm, I'm saying. I was just using an analogy. Like, that's what the fuck. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I that's know that. I just that crack joke. Yeah, that's that's what the fuck that's what they're on, bro. You know what I mean? They didn't tell you shit. They just they don't say they make money off of it. They're not saying like, look, we'll really bust it down. Title four is us Title Four, Section D. How do you take something that gets you money and not say it gets you money? You know what I mean? It's like mambo jumbo on the paper, and then you just keep on yeah. mentioning it out throughout the rest of the paper because you 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 probably legally have to, but it would leave the parent saying what's Title Four. But the description right. they gave you in their paperwork is is a lie. You would have to like go look for yourself and do your own research to see what it is because they just flat oh, yeah. out lie to you. And and it's and it's crazy because it's coming right from the state. Like if the state's gonna lie to me right to my face, I can't trust them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird, oh, yeah. man. It's weird, but okay, man. So listen. So when's your next court date, and what's 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 going on with the, when your baby when she's coming home? When's the next court date? January, I should say January sixth, and uh, actually we have a January sixth is the next court date. Um, I actually have a family counseling session with her next Friday, and uh, I already have plans for a visit afterwards, um, and we'll go from there. So whether or not they show up, I. So, well, they, they'll show up the counseling, but whether or not, you know, she goes on a visit or not, it remains to be seen. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see. Either way, so, I'm planning on having a visit, so. So, uh, but today was a good day, man. I swear to God, hell's gonna freeze over because I actually got an I love you from her today. Aw, oh, man. Hey, listen. 
listen, you said you've been in the word recently, right? So me and you're going to talk yes, like sir. Christians. We fathers, but now we're going to talk like Christians. Now, the devil, all he wake up and do every day is try to talk you out your zone. That's all he want. Right now, your heart is really invested into your daughter right now because you found her again and you back connected with her. And this is all you've wanted for a minute. And God brought it back just like I know you probably been praying for. Right. So. Yeah. The oh, devil yeah. do not like that shit at all. He wants that all that joy. He don't he see you that he know that glimmer of hope. Cause when you said she texts you, I felt something in my stomach and heart that said, damn, I know he was happy as hell, right? So the devil wants that. He wants that. So if it gave me that, I can't imagine what it gave you, right? So man, the devil man, wants that. Me, when she texted me, bro, I cried like a baby. Yeah. I yeah. cried like a baby. But I have been waiting for that for years. But dog, but dog, it's important to know. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's dope. It's that's it's dope. But we can't let you know what I mean. Like I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like the enemy dog. He goes hard to make you so focused on who left that you don't see what's left. You feel me? Absolutely. And Absolutely. I feel like. He tries to get us to focus on the crying. Right there, you were crying for joy, like. And when yeah. he when he sends you when he sends when he when he when he when he you know. And then it turns from crying to joy to a couple months later in the scene, she's being strange with what she's saying to you and stuff like that. Not her fault. It's whoever the fuck is engineering her brain to do these crazy things, right? So yeah. listen. But I'm saying that's the enemy, bro, working his way into it. Now he's trying to make you cry and focus on your tears and not. So if you focused on crying, you can't see what's finna happen next. You know what I mean? And what's finna happen next is you're going to, you know, we both know what's about to happen next. You're getting ready to be in her life way more, whether she like it or not, because that's what God has on the floor, bro. There's it. Look, whether, however, Eleven years old. Yeah, she don't have a choice whether or not. Yeah, to yeah, dog. She gotta come see who you are so she know who she is. I didn't yeah. have both parents at the house. I know for a fact I gotta at least know something. Who who? My life got better when I start really analyzing and understanding who I am, and then go meet they people or whatever, whatever. This way, understand who you are. Why you like this? Who you like? How do all them together move? How these people move? Who are you now? You know what I mean? She can come get you know, some it, answers it, from you, man. It's funny because during the whole summer, she kept telling me, I can't wait till I'm 14 so I can decide to come live with you. And actually, believe it or not, that, that's actually a myth. Um, they do have more say. Yeah. But it's for the best interest of the child. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah. They stay in the motel right now. Your baby should yeah. be at your house. She should be at my house. She would be sleeping in a bedroom with her sister. Hey, right now. She would have a bed. Her own bed. You know, so yeah. Right. I understand. But right at the now. same time, at the same time, I strongly believe she needs her mother as much as she needs me. Oh, yeah. And I ain't saying that. And I ain't saying she don't. I ain't saying she don't, bro. I'm just saying. Really? Oh, I know. We're, we, hey, if you was fucked up living in a motel with your baby, would the state say, hey, Mike, what was you? You, you, uh, yeah. and No, nah, hell no. Nah. They would be like, they'd be like, give me that child. Yeah, what? They'd be like, you got feelings. Fuck your feelings. You're not a human being. We don't respect you. Listen, goodbye. 
Don't take the kids. Another thing about Title IV, while we're talking about taking kids and stuff, CPS doesn't take kids, bro, in certain situations, and they leave them in harm's way in certain situations because they're a part of Title IV, too. I said Title IV, Section D. Section D is the child support getting money behind everyone's back. That's that section. Now, then you got to figure they're going to fund CPS, too. They fund CPS when they motherfucking take kids from one parent and put them with a family member or with a stranger or someone close by. Because then they're in that person's care, but they're technically they're in the state's care. And then they're getting money, too. You feel me? I don't know how much. I don't know the numbers. I just know that my kids was in danger and they didn't do shit because I was the one complaining. Right. So if they have to take the kids from mom and give them the dad, they're like, nah, you know what? We're not in that business. We're just here to fucking really help launder kids. Like it's, it's supposed to protect kids, but it's more like pocket protective for real. If you only taking kids when you can get money, you're protecting your pockets. That's pro protecting. You protecting pros. You're not protecting kids, man. You know, and that's what we're dealing with, Mike. So look into this title four shit. It amps me. I will, and I appreciate that. Man, it amps me right the fuck up. I'ma tell you now because folks don't know about it, man. And this is the this is the cost. If we were fat, right? If we were fat, and we knew we were fat, and we just couldn't figure out why we're fat. We didn't try everything. Tried switching our diet. We tried all this stuff, but we just remained fat, right? And we just can't figure it out. Well, how could we just ignore the fact that we don't work out? You know what I mean? Like, how can we just keep ignoring it? Well, the cause of all our problems is this Title IV shit, bro. Because these folks don't have no, there's, they don't want us to come to 50-50 point to better our homes. Because in the past 40 years, everyone's like, oh, we've, we're, our country's gone to shit. Well, yeah. Why? Because you're forcing dads out of the home and you're making it about money now. You know what I'm saying? You've you've monetized it. Like the black the black communities, bro. Oh, what's happening? Blah blah. blah. Yeah, not only was drugs pumped in there suddenly, but also also you incentivize each mom to force the dads out the crib and lean on the state. You feel me? Bro, I was living, bro, I was living with my baby mom. You know what she told me? I should be on child support. My auntie said, you should be on child support. The money gonna come right back here anyways. We both here. I'm like, what type of shit? Why would I ever do that? Why, why would I do that? I live here. I'm paying all the bills. You, you just here right now. You, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean, bro? <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. Like I know. that. So, so, Mike, uh, really quickly, man, I want to I want to conclude with a couple things here that I, I these are important questions I do like to ask. Um, so, uh, if you could say something to a dad right now who doesn't get to see his kids, he's in this situation. Let's say he heard your podcast with me and you talking, and he says, "Damn it, me and this guy, he he just really hit the nail on the head," and they relate to you. What would you give? What advice would you give to that dad? Don't give up. Don't give up. Even even when you feel like you're walking through the darkness and you're walking through a tunnel, there's a light at the end of that tunnel. Mm-hmm. How long it takes for you to get there, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And, and for anything else, and for any dad that is coming into their child's life and that they want to they want to make sure that they're happy and everything, guess what, man? You're not responsible for your child's happiness. You're responsible for your own. They can get whatever they want and still be a miserable person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
um, for a, what would you say to a mom out there, man, who's doing this? Let's say she's, let's say she's out there. She stumbled across this podcast. I post it on Twitter a lot just cause I like to get it to certain people. Um, let's yeah. say, let's say there's a mom out there or just, uh, just someone in general who doesn't believe that taking a kid is wrong. Uh, what, what would you say to a mom out there alienating a child from a father who wants to be involved? Give it time and that child is going to absolutely hate you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hate you and disgust you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They won't want nothing to do with you because you kept them from a father who loves them. Mm-hmm. Um, it took you to make the baby. Mm-hmm. It took you and him to make the baby. It takes you and him to raise the baby properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Listen, I don't think this would be right uh, unless we concluded with uh, uh, not only uh, maybe. Well, first, could, could you could you leave some, some words for your daughter on this podcast? Could you could you leave a word for her? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Brianna, I, I love you so much. I've never stopped loving you or thinking about you. You've always been on my mind. Your brothers and your sisters, they absolutely adore you. And they can't wait to see you. Um, you know, I know you have it rough right now. I know things are tough. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And it might take some time to get through this, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. I'm not going anywhere, and I love you. Mm-hmm. And you know what, man? If your daughter, uh, technology is crazy these days, man. And technology is super crazy. So I believe that there's a high chance that if someone, if there's a podcast made out there for an hour and a half, two hours of folks talking about getting, getting you back, getting her back into um, your life. Uh, well, I think that there's a good chance that that could be heard by her at some point in life. So if she is hearing this, man, I just want her to know um, that she has a dad that um, wants nothing more than to be her dad, you know, and I think it's super powerful to know that um, the other, the other, the other siblings involved, um, they probably want her around, um, her just, just as much. And, um, I think you're being a stellar dad to those children or else hey, you wouldn't keep having them. <laughs> and, man, hey, man. Man, my, my, my kids are awesome, man. Like, yeah, I know. Like, uh, my, my son, he's 14. Uh, he's seen a lot of crap in his life. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, he's seen, a, he's seen a struggle, like, from the get-go. And now we're not struggling, but and he knows that when he when he receives something, he, he keeps it close to his heart, and he cherishes it, and he doesn't go breaking crap because he's yeah. going to get something else now. Because he knows what it's like to go without. Yeah. Yeah, man, and, and it's, it's, that's, hey, man, that's powerful. Hey, it's, that's powerful. None of this happened for no reason. You know what I mean? Absolutely uh, what, what would you say to your other children, man? I think there's a high possibility, you know, this could be around in the next 10, 15, 20 years, possibly. Uh, what, what would you say to them if they could stumble across this podcast collectively? What, what would you say to them? Uh, you guys are awesome, and all of you, you, you all have made me a better person. Y'all have made me a better father. You guys helped me grow up. And I will do whatever it takes to make sure that you guys don't go through what I went through. And you guys never struggle like I struggle. You guys are, have so much potential, and I want you guys to do whatever your dreams are in life. 
follow your dreams in the pursuit of happiness. And you guys got this. You guys can do anything you want. You're amazing kids. Hey, man, listen, man. Uh, I really appreciate you. Um, Given the time, man, to talk today, I truly believe that somebody. I appreciate you reaching out to me, brother. Hey, you already know, man. The thing about it is, is if you would have never been courageous enough to speak about it publicly, I would have never known that you were going through it or where to find you or anything like that. So, like, whatever it was, I told you. Speaking of courageous, if you don't mind. Yeah. Speaking of courageous, there is something that I challenge every father to do: to look up the resolution and commit to it. It's committing to be the leader of your household in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. And it's committing to be the best father that you can be in life. Mm-hmm. Look it up and commit to it. Mm-hmm. No, man. Any dad out there, man, that... That that's listening to this, and you've you've heard you've heard Mike speak. Uh, I think I think there's a perfect opportunity right now. Um, we've 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 this conversation could have happened um, 40 years ago, in in a room with uh, with you just being a bystander in the corner somewhere or at a table, and you would have had to take this for memory the next day. But this isn't that. This is recorded audio. You can go back, find the point in the podcast that helped you, and listen to it over. That's what I would suggest. Um, um, I, I, I definitely appreciate you, Mike. Uh, it meant a lot that you uh, took the time today um, and talked about this. And keep talking about it. Uh, again, if there's any dads out there that you feel like you want to reach out to Mike or talk to Mike, hit me up um, and tell me it's Mike that you want to talk to. And I will do what I can to get you in contact with Mike. Uh, I'll send you his Facebook or I'll text him your number. That's what I'll do. You shoot it to me. I'll shoot it to him. You could get to me on uh, Instagram. J- at jpbrown.dfm or on Twitter at um, OG underscore jpbrown. Um, Mike, listen, we are friends now. There's no way two people can talk for two hours and not be friends. Uh, we're comrades in this fight. So anytime, add me as a friend. Uh, I'm getting ready to get my kids out the car right now, but I will help you. Uh, I mean, I will add you immediately. Um, yeah, I'm here, bro. I thank you for your time, and I'll talk to you next time. You can call me anytime. Absolutely, right, man. And if I'm ever in Detroit, let's go get lunch or something. Hey, man, that's hey. If you come to Michigan, bro, in the in the Metro Detroit area, you you hit me up ASAP, and we can Absolutely. rock and roll. Absolutely, man. It was great talking to you, JP. God bless you for what you do, man. Hey, man, thank you. Listen, listen, man. You're a leader, man. Keep your head up, bro. You're getting ready to win. Hold on, baby. I'm listening. Come here. Give me. Come here. Come here. Let me out. Hey, the kids are here. We're friends, bro. Please don't hesitate to call me, contact me, anything, bro. If you need to talk, whatever. I'm a line you can hit up. If I take too long, call my real number, bro. Call me. I'm here. I appreciate you, brother. Anytime. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right, later. Okay. So this concludes our interview with Mike. Um... I think that podcast can provide uh, good insight for any dad out there um, who has lost access to his kid and he doesn't get to see his child and instead of uh, rolling over and quitting, uh, he continued to find happiness. He didn't, um, he, 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 he kept pressing forward and that's what's needed in a situation you can't just quit. So, um, that was the biggest takeaway for me. Um, it was, it was, it was great to hear, 
um, that he he was able to get closer to the, you know, just get closer to his overall goal of being in his daughter's life as well as get closer to God. Um, his relationship with Christ, I'm sure, helped him out along the way, all the way leading up to. There were probably small steps and signs along the way. Um, so things that we were just, you know, not rushing through a conversation, but there's obviously only so much detail a person can give in these time frames that we're given to speak. Um, the best part is that you, all the listeners out there, you're hearing me make friends with actual people, um, strangers um, that are going through the same thing I'm going through. So that's pretty powerful. Um, listen, the time to get involved is now. Uh if you're thinking about how you can get involved, uh, here's a couple ways you can get in the game. So if you're in Pennsylvania, um, there's a uh, nonprofit formed by two fathers out there. Um, it's called the Fatherly Foundation. So Fatherly Foundation. Um, also, uh, Aaron, who's... Um, one of the founders of the Fatherly Foundation. He has a clothing brand, uh, My Single Dad Life. Uh, I would check that out. If you could, um, you can check out uh, Bulldog Sports Apparel on Instagram. Um, so there's polos, t-shirts, coffee mugs, aprons, all kind of cool stuff. Um, check that out. Um, nice prices. Uh, might as well spend money with, um, instead of buying another Nike shirt, it wouldn't hurt you to go uh, spend money with somebody who's um, fighting for what you're fighting for and represent what you're doing. Um, also, if you needed someone to talk to, I mentioned reaching out to Mike, but uh, let's just say you want to just talk to somebody else, uh, let's just say random or whatever the case may be. There's just one other extra contact to have because you, having one person is cool. Having two people is cool, but having 15, 20 people, that's ideal. That's a good cabinet of folks to lean on in the situation where your kids are stolen. So, um, here's somebody you can add onto your, into your support system or a cabinet of useful, uh, friends, um, Here's a helpline, thewarriordad.kyledavid at gmail.com, thewarriordad.kyledavid at gmail.com. Um, hit up KD. All you got to do is tell him that you um, want to talk to him. You're going through some stuff, man. He'll talk to you. You can send him your phone number. He'll shoot you his number. You guys talk on the phone, whatever's best for you. If you just want to keep an email, I'm sure he'll keep an email too. Um... We talked today about Chad Reed. Rest in peace to Chad Reed. Long live Chad Reed. Um, and may his uh, may his family take this man and, and make something of it. If you're a dad in Texas and um, you feel like uh, you've you're at your wit's end as far as having a lawyer, this and that, and with lawyers. Um, Right now, I'm getting ready to offer a solution. Uh, I say you've been contemplating representing yourself. That may not be a terrible idea. Um, I would do your research, um, but it can be done. Uh, ProSayCoachTX.com. P-R-O-S-E-C-O-A-C-H. That's P-R-O-S-E-C-O-O-C-H-T-X.com. P-R-O-S-E-C-O. ACHTX.com, ProSayCoach.com. While you do go here, um, and uh, 
from here, you're going to get yourself a Pro Se Coach. Um, this is a website designed specifically to get you a Pro Se Coach to teach you how to navigate the system, all you need to know for doing it yourself. This way, you're not just going in there blind. Canadian friends. I talked to a good friend of mine. Um, well, he wasn't a friend at first, but he's a friend now. Uh, a good friend of mine in Calgary the other day, and we were talking back and forth um, about the scene in Canada. Um, I talked to a dad recently who was talking about uh, his child being taken to Canada as well. So listen, man, if you want to make a change in Canada, you're Canadian, you want to see change happen in your country. I don't know the numbers for your country, but I could tell you the numbers for mine. Uh, we need uh, we need equal parenting. And if you want to get involved with presumption of equal parenting, sign petition 3298, presumption of equal parenting. Again, sign petition 3298, presumption of equal parenting. Uh, if you're in anywhere near uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, in the state of Kansas, uh, you want to get involved, uh, I would say hugadad.com. Reach out to Derek Reynolds. Um, he's doing something um, pretty spectacular in his area. He's on Twitter every day trying to spread the word about father's rights, push the issue, questioning politicians directly. It's powerful stuff. Um, check him out, hugadad.com. They're working in the community, um, tying hands um, and uniting uh, spirits. So hugadad.com. Um, also, this June um, will be the first annual Million Father March. Um, eventually we're going to have to start doing some different things here. Uh, we're going to have to start um, actually marching forward, making moves, and doing make some healthy stances on our stance. I don't think it could hurt. Um, the last thing I want to say is there's an uh, AI coming. It's going to box the lawyer clean out, be the lawyer for you. This is going to be called the open bar. Please be on the lookout for it. Um, there's a GoFundMe set up. And we'll be offering more on the open bar here soon. Um, listen, man, that wraps up um, another episode of Fathers and Family Court. As always, if you know a dad out there who could um, use this link, what I would advise you do is take this link, copy it, and share it with them. Send it in a text message. You can send it to them on Instagram. You can send it to them on send the link on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. Um, if you want to offer some monetary support uh, to push the needle towards um, just doing this full time every day, uh, if I could, I would do nothing but talk to dads all day long. Um, but what that's going to take is support. So if you want to offer some monetary support, feel free. Anything helps. It doesn't matter what it is. You can. Um, the cash app is going to be money sign DFMJP. That's... Uh, Cat, uh, money sign DFMJP. Uh, all monetary contributions are greatly appreciated, but the real support I need is not monetary. The real, real support I need is uh, taking this link and again, just sharing it with who needs to hear it, who you think may need to hear it. Um, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a, a whole bunch of hands, a whole bunch of people standing up and saying this isn't right. Um, the 
the uh, the trench work I'm doing right now, I'm happy for it and grateful for it. Um, so I'm going to continue to talk to dads. I'm going to continue to get their stories. I'm going to continue to be right here on the front lines talking to folks and asking them, uh, having having firsthand conversations with them while they're in the midst of the movie. Um, because I'm learning a lot, and I think a lot can be learned through these conversations um, as long as I keep pressing the issue. Uh, so I'm going to keep trying to do what I'm doing um, and just stay on the gas here just not only for um for everyone else that i'm helping out but man like this uh has been tremendous this experience has been tremendous um with helping me get through everything as well uh family court obviously take a lot out of folks so this has been helpful to me it's helpful talking to other dads um and steadily reminding myself that i'm not the only one going through it um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, st- I'm preaching that to everyone else, but I'm, I'm leaning on this podcast as well. So I appreciate all the listeners. Um, uh, if, if you, uh, would like, um, I, I wouldn't mind feedback. So if you want to give me some feedback to the show, let me know you listen or, um, just want to let me know how what you would like to hear to improve the podcast or what different or what different question you'd like to incorporate have me incorporate for the dads or any anything like that you can always feel free um feedback is greatly appreciated again you can reach out to me on instagram jpbrown.dfm or on twitter og underscore jpbrown listen i appreciate you guys listening um as always man make sure you mask up wash your hands after you use the restroom sanitize sanitize and uh Have a blessing.